0: This is holding down the fort. Today we welcome to the show Los Angeles Angels relief pitcher, my guy, Tyler Smith. Tyler got drafted out of Canisius College. In the eighth round in 2018, uh something that's super unique about Tyler is that he is a relief pitcher or was a relief pitcher all the way through college. So uh, as a guy who played in the Mac conference myself at Niagara, um, you know, we know that the um, you know, the the stereotype around position players and definitely relievers are uh they don't usually come before the 17th round. So uh, mm-hmm. take me a little bit through um, you know, that that senior year at Canisius tie. Um one, the the hell of a run that you guys made. Um, even though the Purple Eagles, my heart and soul <laughs> fell uh fell apart there to you guys at the end. Um, and then the uh the draft process, going in the rounds, being a senior sign, just take me through everything. Let's jump into it.
1: No, it was definitely a whirlwind of a year. Um after my junior year, uh my junior year was by far the best baseball I've ever played. I mean, that's that's pro ball all the way back through to like T ball. Uh, junior year was by far it. So <clears throat> going into now, do you sorry program, and is that sorry. best
0: in like quality or like how you personally um did on uh, as as uh, you know as a individual
1: everything overall um uh, that whole year I only let up one run and it happened on my fifth pitch this season. <laughs> so wow, what, what we pitch? were yeah we were down at Gardner Webb. I gave up a solo home run in the fifth pitch of the season, and then blank slate the rest of the year no earned runs Damn. so it was definitely it was by far the best I've ever played the happiest I've ever been with my performance like everything was just kind of going well um so going into that summer obviously we all played summer ball um I got a couple couple looks here and there just hey here's some questionnaires fill them out and it's your typical like we're going to give you 50 questions answer them email them back to us, and then we'll either call you or we won't. Um, didn't hear was, anything. Do
0: you remember, you remember the teams that were kind of um, early interest for us in that sense? <clears throat> the
1: The only team that ta- contacted me junior year was the uh, – who was it? The It was Tampa, I think. Okay. Yeah, I want to say it was Tampa. Um, so they contacted me junior year, and, and it, like I said, it was just the super simple – Fill out the questionnaire and they, I ended up hearing from um, like three or four days before the draft, I want to say it was. And and the guy was basically, the guy was basically like, hey, what would it take for you to sign with us in the back end of the draft? Like 20 plus round. I was like, oh, I don't know. And I didn't have an agent or an advisor at that point. Um, so I called Mac and he put me in touch with Blake Kuroski and, and uh, True Gravity Baseball, who ended up being my agent my whole time I was playing um, and <clears throat> just from talking to him, I kind of threw out a number. I was like, I'm a junior from the Mac. Nobody really looks at our conference for anything to begin with. So I threw out a number. I was like, he's going to say no, but if he says yes, cool. <laughs> so I uh, ended up not hearing anything from that. So I didn't, like I said, I didn't really expect it. And then going into senior year, I had a little bit of trouble senior year. I, I got real yippy during the season. Um, and I just, I wasn't very happy with it. Like I, I had a really good feeling that I was going to get drafted kind of regardless just because of my slider, to be honest, just because of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, senior year as a whole was just kind of a downer. Um, other than obviously like the back half of the season picked up and we ended up winning the conference and going to regionals and everything. And, those experiences are, are the greatest thing in the world. But it's definitely I don't know, the scouting process and, and getting getting scouted and all that. It's it's so different than getting recruited to college because you're talking like actual dollars and cents that go to you and not towards your parents' savings from which save from school and stuff like that. Like it's it's professional baseball at that point. So it's definitely it's an interesting Experience to be a part of. That's that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and I um I remember um it was 2014 that I was coaching at Niagara. We had um mm-hmm. Jordan Schwartz who was a starter. uh He went in the fourth round to the A's. Okay. Um, and he had real you know really rough sophomore campaign. Had never we had never really figured it out through too many balls. Um, was kind of all over the place. Vila wise was still a position player too and just mm-hmm. couldn't just didn't have it down but i remember that that junior year um you know from a coaching perspective and i i had just finished playing so i was a year removed from playing and i wasn't okay. ever very good hadn't filled out questionnaires or anything like that but mm-hmm. um you know the most impressive part for me was um i remember like 10 or 15 scouts crawling over a snowbank at <laughs> at the at Villanova um, we were playing tournament yep. style, you know. When you play, you guys I'm sure did it too. Villanova, LaSalle, and uh yep.
1: you hit everybody couple, in the right? region.
0: <laughs> yep, and so you go down there and um we always played in March, like over St. Patrick's Day break for whatever reason. But like yep. so I remember these dudes like crawling over the um, you know, the snow yeah. to get up behind his bullpen and watch. And like he hadn't he didn't break, you know, a a smallest little fraction of a of focus. And Mm -hmm. just dialed in in the zone, and all year long, it's everybody who came to watch him. It was like, wow, that poise of like, like you said, you know, Mm -hmm. he's got the scouting director from the Minnesota Twins at our practice on Thursday, and he's just yeah, it's weird. He's throwing like it's a regular, you know, a regular day, and I,
1: it was unfathomable
0: for for me, and I'm sure for for a lot of guys that that's that's a tough part, right?
1: We actually played against Niagara one game. I will I will never forget until the day I die. It was. So we used to always start our season out or our like conference season out with a midweek against Buffalo. and it was always like two degrees. <laughs> we had eight feet of snow in the back of the Demski. like we just we knew the conference season was starting because we were gonna play a miserable game against Buffalo. So we did, and then Niagara came rolling in, and th- this game, I mean, it was sideways raining. And we were beating the brakes off in Niagara. And there was a scout there from the Red Sox who traveled from, I want to say he's a, he's actually a Massachusetts guy. So I played out in the NECBL for the Valley Blue Sox, my uh, sophomore and junior season. He saw me out there. So he's like a Western Mass guy. Drove all the way out to Buffalo to see me pitch this weekend. And I think it was like a Sunday game. So or maybe it was like, you know how we did that? We would do uh midweek. Series you play you play the
0: the funky ones, right? Because of graduation.
1: Yeah, I think I think we played Niagara in one of those goofy, like we play you guys four times throughout the year is midweeks and it still counts towards conference. Like it was something super weird like that. And <laughs> at like sideways rain. I actually had to go throw and get warmed up in the bullpen inside. So I went back inside to use that bullpen so that he could watch me warm up, not out in the sleeting rain, and then went out and had to throw, I think I threw like five outs against Niagara or something like that. And it just like goofy things like that, like scouts come out and there's certain scouts that have a little bit more pull, especially with with individual teams. Like I know Canisius always had ties with Oakland. So like if the Oakland scout would come out, you might try a little harder to get the guy that he's going to look for in and stuff like that. Like weird things like that. And yeah, I'll never forget that. Like the scout came into the Demski into our little batting tunnel to watch me do all my bullpen stuff and then wandered back outside after me when I went into the game, it was it's weird. <laughs> yeah, and that's
0: um, you know, part of um, another topic I was going to kind of bring up with you um, you know, that's the recruiting process going into pro ball. You did it, mm-hmm. like we said, as a, as a reliever, right? Like that. Yeah. Is, that is is strange, and I think um, <clears throat> coaches a lot of the time struggle with roles for guys. Because they're afraid sure. in a Mac conference or, you know, any, you know, even like some division two. So like anytime where like scouts aren't just sitting at your game all weekend or all yeah. of the games all weekend. Well, how are we gonna make it so that Tyler Smith gets in the game while these guys are still here? And yep. um, you know, shout out to to Maz for just he's always seemed to handle all of that stuff. Um, you know, with the team mm. in mind first and being able to get you guys you know, everything that he needs to get you, even with, you know, with making sure that, uh, you know, you stay a, re- a reliever. So um, angels come knocking on the door that senior year. Take me, take me through. Mm-hmm. It. Um, you know, as the, uh, the Mac championship rounds up, the draft comes up that year and um,
1: ultimately mm-hmm. how we get our name called in the eighth round. Yeah. The, I mean, the whole year was just a whirlwind from, from the very, beginning. So we we got on campus and Coach McCrae basically sat us all down, had a meeting and said, Hey, just wanna let you guys know I'm not gonna be your head coach this coming season. So out goes Mac, in comes Maz. And then from a team standpoint it didn't really change a whole lot because we had a very, very good senior leadership. And and not even senior leadership, but but just the upperclassman leadership I I think as a whole was super good so the whole year itself was was a blast um but going through the season it was it was definitely weird because you knew like no I'd never really gone through seeing guys get scouted and stuff like that before so I didn't really know what to expect and and I never really paid attention to a junior year but senior year comes and and there's a bunch of radars and stands all season and um it's just goofy and and we're winning and winning and winning and winning and get into the conference tournament and the conference tournament was shaky for us um it was it was an interesting conference tournament to say the least like there were no low scoring games it was like gong show after gong show after gong show and well, I,
0: re- I recall <laughs> the uh the Niagara Canisius game um Greg Cullen hit the first pitch of the game into into the river at uh I believe at Wagner <laughs> Stadium right so um yeah. you know and, and obviously that game didn't didn't go great for for them but um <laughs> you know something in my mind is he that was his year that he went as well um you know yeah. We were following him closely. He was working, you know, a ton with us, um, you know, every, every week during, you know, during the season and things like that. And um, mm-hmm. so we were following along with him closely and, uh, you know, that, that conference tournament is that ultimately led you guys into, into a regional at, at
1: UNC, is that right? We played, so UNC was, in UNC was 14. So we won in 14, my senior year of high school, uh, we went to, they went to UNC and then my freshman year, we went to uh, Mississippi State. Oh,
0: so it wow. was
1: us, it was us, Mississippi State, uh, Oregon, and I want to say Iowa maybe. Wow. So <laughs> <Talk about> we, <laughs> <talk about cool. laughs> yeah, we got whooped on by Mississippi State and then we got whooped on by Oregon. <laughs> and yep. then senior year we went to Minnesota. And oh, it was okay. us. It was us, Minnesota, UCLA and Gonzaga. And we actually thought we legitimately thought we had a fighting chance in, in that one. Um we played all right. We didn't play too too bad against Minnesota. I think it was a, a closer game and then uh, against Gonzaga. It kind of fell that apart was, a little bit. Was, or not Gonzaga. We play, no, yeah, we did play Gonzaga.
0: Yeah, was was Minnesota <clears throat> was Max Meyer there? Was was he there the, the guy who got taken like seven I don't
1: remember the dollars. name. Okay, there, I don't remember that. I'm kind of oblivious when it comes to that. In those couple, no, you're good.
0: There was a pitcher in those couple of years who was a first rounder from Minnesota, so I couldn't remember. Okay. If
1: know, I had but- to guess, I don't think. I doubt that he threw against us. To be honest, he probably threw against UCLA or Zag.
0: <laughs> well, so um, so after that wraps up, right? You guys, you mm-hmm. know, you guys end up don't you not winning there, right? Um, right kind of do you go back to campus and just hang out with the boys do you pack up and go right home while leading up to the draft and then through the draft go ahead and and walk me through
1: that process no i mean with it being senior year we kind of all decided to go back we had our house rented uh for uh, we had it for like another week or two so we were like you know we're gonna go back like we're just gonna hang out just boys for a little bit and then uh I want to say because of how the draft lined up, my family came up. I want to say we were there for like three or four days. Um, And then draft day comes. And and for guys out of a mid-major school like us, like we don't ever really get scouted and drafted because of what we do during our seasons. Like everything for us kind of happens during summer ball because we have that awesome like umbrella or that rain cloud hanging over our head that like, oh, he's a good pitcher because he's from Mac or, oh, well, he's a good hitter because because he's in Mac. So everything that we have to do has to be done during summer ball. So for me, I played really well in 16 and 17 in the summers. Um, and then I'm sitting after after senior season, sitting kind of hanging out and day one goes by, obviously – Knew that wasn't gonna happen. Well, yeah. Uh, unless, so,
0: unless your phone starts ringing,
1: <laughs> yeah. So I I went through day one just kind of relaxed and like watching it on TV. Nothing out of the nor or out of the out of the ordinary. And then day two came, and and I had been talking to the athletics a lot actually. So, so was that? I, I know
0: you. I know you said that like you know it was when the A's guy was coming. Was it Higginsons mm-hmm. from right across the border? Yeah. Was it Matt? Yeah, it was hit, it? Yeah.
1: Yep, it was Higgy. So <clears throat> I've been talking to him here and there and, and we kept we kept in pretty good contact and um, I think my agent had a pretty good rapport with him as well. So because he
0: and like he's you know, he loves our area, right? He was yeah, he was Jordan Schwartz, the that 2014, he was Matt Cross when Matt Cross went, right? Um yep. on an NCCC, And obviously, you know, he he really he asks a lot of good questions in the area. He was here last yeah. year, um, seeing a guy who's at West Virginia now and just he yeah. always he does his work around here, man. He's, he's, laughing. yeah,
1: I, I really, really liked him and he's a good dude too. Super good dude. And it, yeah. So like I was, I was dead set that it was going to be day three uh, to the athletics. So that was kind of where I was at. So day two of the draft rolls around and, and we decided we were going to go out to brunch and, and just kind of hang out and I I must have been stressed or something cuz one of my buddies was like, "Hey, like, let's go back to the house, like hang out, watch it, like watch TV, get our mind off stuff, but like we'll keep the draft on the computer like in the background." Like, guys, right. so we go back and <clears throat> we had picked up a like case of beer just to like take the edge off a little bit. So Oh yeah. <laughs> Where we had a couple pops and then all of a sudden my phone starts lighting up from somebody from the Angels. I was like, the last contact that I had with the Angels was like four months prior, like four or five weeks into the season. Like not – it had been a while. And the last contact I had with him was he was asking me for J.P. Stevenson's information.
0: Oh, so I,
1: Yeah, so like – <laughs> this, this is how useful I am, yep. Yeah, so I filled out a questionnaire form and everything. But like I said, I hadn't heard from him. I was just kind of – I didn't think anything of it. So he calls, and the first words out of his mouth are, how you doing? I was like, I'm I'm okay, what's up? And he's like, we got the, I want to say it was like 248th pick. Like, we're going to be, I think it was like the 14th pick in the eighth round. Like, we want to use our eighth round pick on you. I was like, what? (laughs) So, yeah, it it was super surreal because, you have all these expectations and like deep down you're pissed, right? You're pissed that you had such a good junior year. And then statistically, like my senior year was still pretty good. So uh, like, to me, it just wasn't very good. Funny, so I up, have these
0: up one run on the face, <laughs> man, right? Like, yeah, like
1: that, that yeah. doesn't happen. But so
0: you got to
1: set high. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So like I had these two good years and and I was just like, like, I'm I'm just so content with everything. Like, I was so content with, like, I'm going to get drafted. I'm going to get drafted in in the third day, so 20th to 40th round. Like, I don't care. My name's going to get – I'm going to be on the MLB network and a little ticker on the bottom, and it's going to be my name, Nisha's college. It, it was just a super surreal feeling. And then to have it come a day early and, like, 20 rounds before I thought yeah. was – yeah, man, it was it was just surreal to say the absolute least. So,
0: phone hangs up, right? You probably still have like there's there's some nerves, kind of even leading up to watching the pick. You're like, oh man, right? Like, is it really? That's really gonna. <laughs> it's really gonna yeah, turn over. Right? I'm waiting so, to
1: hear. oh, I'm at the eighth round. The Angels select whoever from Missouri State.
0: <laughs> you know, you're like, yep, yeah, of course, of course. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what the hell he was talking about.
1: Yeah, no, so I hang up the phone, and I had answered it. I had walked into our hallway, and and there were, like, 15 people in our living room. (laughs) And I walk back into our living room, and everybody goes, so I was, like, the angels. They said they're going to take me in the eighth round. Everybody starts going ballistic. I was, like, just chill, 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 chill. I was, like, everybody relax, like. Until it pops up on the ticker, it's not real. And sure enough, it came up on the TV. They actually had their hot panel going. So they had the live panel up there. The broadcasters actually announced, like, Tyler Smith from the uh, Canisius College to the Los Angeles Angels, my draft number. They did, like, a super – spark notes scouting report on me because nobody thought that i was gonna go so they're like found, this, they found one video real quick from, the from canisius college he's got a slider he throws like 90 i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so it was yeah it was just super cool and as soon as it happened my mom was recording the whole thing as soon as it happened everybody's like shush 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 and they go on to the next pick and everybody just went wild it was it was so cool
0: that is awesome, and I think I, I might have to ask you for that that video if you got it laying around somewhere. That is, uh, I might. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an epic one to have. So, um, all right. So the the pit goes right. We actually get called. Um, are we packing our bags and hitting the road, or, or where you know where do we where do we go from there? Take me, um, just up until going to spring training. So sorry, I mean, uh, sorry, you're right in the middle of the season. So right, right up until going to uh, going going to uh, we go to spring – like the
1: spring training. Week. I went to Orem. I I was fortunate enough to skip uh, rookie ball. Not, so I went to a, advanced rookie is what it was called. That I don't even know if it exists anymore. Um the short
0: short season is no longer is no longer a thing, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. So I went to the Orem Owls. So after I hang up. I want to say the draft was on the 5th or something like that. My report date was the 10th. That's when they got me my flight. So I had five days to just kind of like fester in the whole thing and just take it all in and, and get all the phone calls, the texts out of the way. Cause whenever it happens, mom makes a post, dad makes a post, and then everybody is reaching out. So people yeah, <laughs> are pulling up to the house, right? right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like hey you got drafted like you got that money now right oh, <laughs> no. yeah the, and he
0: said he said you know we talked senior sign and um even you know even those earlier rounds those day 2 rounds um mm. a lot of the time teams are are trying to save money and i don't think yeah. the outside world of baseball comprehends that, or even some of the later pick guys who are like, why yeah. the hell am I not going until day three? Well, you your agents back there behind the scenes <laughs> fighting to get you, you know, 30, 40, yep. 80, 100. So we go on day two, and we're packing our bags, and we're headed for Orem, Utah. What do you know about Orem, Utah going into it?
1: <laughs> I knew absolutely nothing. Like, not, <laughs> not a lick. Uh, the only thing that I knew is that uh, BYU is right there. It's like, we're right by Provo. Where where my host family was, I drove past BYU every day to get to the field. So, our field was at Utah Valley University. We shared a field with them. Um, So, we were like, I want to say we were like 45 minutes south of uh, Salt Lake City. So, <clears throat> it was definitely a world changer, right? Because I'd never really been west of, I don't know, like, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, uh,
0: we went to we went to that regional in Minnesota, and that's about as far as we made it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like like we just I don't know like you're playing baseball in the summers. Like we took family vacations and stuff when I was growing up and all that, but like we always went down south. So I never, never really went west. So all of a sudden, I get drafted, and they're like, "You're going to Provo, Utah, or Orm, Utah?" I was like, where? What is so that? it it actually ended up. So we flew into – I had, like, five days of downtime from draft to then and then packed all my stuff up, made it back to Pittsburgh, and then went out basically the next day. Um, after we got back to Pittsburgh, flew out to Orem, and we flew into Salt Lake City, and then I ended up actually being the first flight in. So, I sat, there, dude, I sat there all day in the Salt Lake City Airport as guys were coming in. So I got in, let's say I landed at like 1. I sat there for like an hour and a half until the next guy showed up. And then oh. slowly by slowly, everybody started trickling in, and like 6 o'clock, I want to we're say. Like, like, a, like
0: a team van or something to come? Or
1: Yeah, team bus. Oh, team bus. Okay. <laughs> so we ended up, be, I think I was there until like 6 or something like that. And then all the fellas that just got drafted or just got signed were there or the guys that are coming from extended uh, were oh, flying no? in as well. So, because that season was set up so that, I don't know if they have a season like that anymore, if guys go No, but extended, it used to be yeah, ex-
0: extended spring training. You'd either stay, stay yeah. in rookie ball or go, go to Orem.
1: Yeah, so you would have spring training, then extended, and then, like you said, you would either go to rookie ball or advanced rookie. And so the guys that broke, extended broke extended camp because they didn't really break it but guys that were leaving extended coming here or coming to warham uh flew into there and then we all kind of took off went to the field and then we had team practice practice it was all just kind of get to know the guys get your uniform get your gear and all that stuff was was that next next day so it was a whirlwind week to say the least
0: yeah, and um, like you said, Orem, Utah, almost uh <clears throat> culture shock right away. You're like, man, this yeah. place is a a different different world. Now, I remember yeah. talking to – I don't know if Sebro was there coaching when you were there from the Angels. Um, he was. It,
1: I talked to Sebs a little bit, but I never got a chance to work with him.
0: So in 2020 when I showed up, he had been there the summer before, and he was okay. talking to me about – you know how the guys lived the situation then and he had, some of the things that he said to me I was just like i mind blown i was so excited to get up there before uh, oh. we all got got sent home packing in in, in 2020 mm. um but so give me you know uh my perspective this is almost selfish of me viewers because <laughs> i want to know a little bit you know give me god's country or I'm utah um beautiful in the summertime the ball might
1: fly a little bit, right? Did it do anything crazy to the slider? <laughs> Absolute launch pad. I I was fortunate. I never gave up any – I think I gave up one home run that year in Billings, Montana, and that was not a gift. That was not <laughs> a West Coast mountain kind of home run that ball was in orbit. <laughs> uh, I actually – I don't know if you ever got a chance to work with Wurtzy, Michael Wurtz. But yeah. he was my pitching coach, and we had been talking about it, like him and I, laughing back and forth, kind of about how some of the home runs that we give up at home are, like exit velos were like eighty eight, and oh, balls were okay. flying, and like flying and they like they were like out. four like ten,
0: yeah.
1: and I was like the math just hasn't adding up here, man, and and Worthy's funny, Worthy was just like yeah, well, well, pro ball, blah blah blah, blah. and. All of a sudden, I gave up this ball in Billings, and I got in a dugout, and I am pissed. <laughs> and Wurti walks up to me, because I'm sitting on the bench. I'm all hacked off, and Wurti just comes up, sits beside me, goes, well, at least that one wasn't a uh, Orem home run, and got <laughs> up and walked away. Because <laughs> at least he earned it, oh, and got man. up and walked away. But yeah, man, it there are... I don't know something about being in that desert that ball goes but yeah I mean speaking on like the lifestyle and everything like that it's weird man because when you when you want to go think of a minor league game right you're thinking of like your five dollar combo gets you a beer and a hot dog like there's you can't there's no drinking so because of the, the Mormon culture there like we were it wasn't a dry county but I don't know if it was because of the college, because of being in the specific county that it was in. There was no alcohol sales at that stadium. So fan-wise, the ones that were there were diehards, but they were kind of few and far between. Like, we would go out to, like, Billings, per se. Billings was beautiful, like brand-new stadium, and – like the Reds were there, so Hunter Green was there. So everybody was stacked to see Hunter Green through a hundred.
0: Yep, down, and then on the line with their with their balls and their hats. Yeah, so like central, yeah.
1: Going there was was a different world, and then going to like Ogden, which was a half hour north of us. So that was just a day trip. Ogden was slammed with people. I mean, you would play a game Wednesday at five o'clock, packed absolutely packed with Brims, and, and that was
0: so that was towards salt lake city correct
1: yeah that's a little bit north
0: and is that so is that we're into a
1: new county where there's alcohol sales in that stadium there were alcohol sale i like i said i don't know if it was a county thing because like we could draw we could go travel like five minutes down the road and go to a bar and get a beer okay but, for whatever reason our stadium didn't have alcohol sales so like it was it just took away from that like minor league nostalgia of the whole thing so I, yeah we just we didn't have the fan base and and i think that's part of the reason that orem is i want to say they're in like that, that post college summer league now um i want to say like the whole pioneer league did that thing where they're like a a post-college college college summer league for like pre-draft guys or something yeah getting
0: ready getting ready for the draft stuff so they're probably yeah utilizing the byu and the utah valley stadiums and and the the (laughs) yeah how beautiful it is to get get
1: everybody out there yeah like them i want to say uh missoula joined that league too so I mean, like, there's a lot of teams that were in the Pioneer League that I played in that are now in, in the new Pioneer League that is whatever it is now. But, not affiliated yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's – I don't know. I mean, it makes sense, but I don't know. I mean, I part of me thinks that, like, that's kind of – I don't know, because you move up the line and you get to uh, uh, Burlington – Burlington was kind of the same way like Burlington's a town of 20,000 people so you think they would back their minor league baseball team and like there were nights that it was packed but like I don't know when you look at like the Salt Lake Bees like that stadium is jammed all the time you look at Rocket City now yeah. Rocket City is slammed to the gills and I don't know I mean even when we were in Mobile I it, it didn't seem like it was like that from everything I saw like I never played there but I don't know.
0: Well, I know that Rocket City seems to, um, you know, the the brand of, of the the team is almost reinvented, right? People are yeah. who aren't even baseball fans are buying the gear because they got this
1: I want a trash <laughs>
0: right? I remember uh, House Mike Lacasa walking around um, one of the first meetings after I had gotten there with uh, like a quarter zip <laughs> rocket, like this trash panda just flying out, and it was the first year of the logo, and I was like. Yep, dude. I need. I need one of those. Where do we get one of those? (laughs) Louis, Louie, (laughs) come here. Um. So yeah. So um. And you. You know. You go into to Burlington after that. Take me through like. Um. You know. Are we like? Oh man. This is totally another level of baseball. Is that? Hey. This is like kind of the same stuff. Um. You know. Was it hitter heavy? Pitcher heavy? What? What was the difference, if any? And um. Who were your coaches up there? Once you got up there.
1: Uh, So I got – I played that whole season in Orem, and then after spring training, I broke camp and went to uh, Burlington in – yeah, I guess it would have been the 19 season. Um, So I broke camp, went to Burlow. Cactus Jack was our manager. So Jack Howell. um, Who else do we have? Uh, We had – La oh, fun- yeah, we have funny- La Flama Blanco.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I was uh, going to say, funny, funny side note on, on Jack Howell. Um, we get sent home for, for COVID and it's like mid-April and like, there's no baseball on TV, right? So ESPN's mm-hmm. just doing the, uh, some of like the old classic games and they've got oh, no Carrie <laughs> Wood 20 strikeout day. And here's lefty Jack yeah. <laughs> hitting for the Astros spinning himself around swinging yeah. at these <laughs> wiffle balls that carry wood threw on that yeah. 20 strikeout day moving out the way of a two-seamer that had 30 inches of vert that just unbelievable i remember watching character. that night i sent a video to the the coach group chat and i was like does jack still teach people how to hit
1: <laughs> <There> <laughs> was, uh, oh, it was great because I,
0: I didn't know i was like oh this, this guy played before i watched baseball you know like i didn't know anything about him hilarious to see his name (laughs) on tv so jack's there flama blanco was there too
1: flama blanco was there and for the life of me all this is gonna eat me a lot i can't think of his real name uh van john van eaton oh that was gonna kill me uh (laughs) so he was there uh who else was there niper was there and who's our i want to say we have one other coach um but it was on the hitter side um So, yeah, Niper was the last one. Trevor Knife was. Um, He's the first guy I met when I got to spring training. Absolute beauty
0: of him. I love
1: Niper. He's such a good dude. Yeah. Uh, So I was there, and a little bit of a shock whenever you're getting there, and, like, it feels like back home. Like, the air is more dense, obviously, because, I mean, we were 200 yards from Mississippi. So everything's dense and play through the season. And we were actually doing phenomenal at the beginning of the season. We were a stone's throw away from getting into playoffs because we they were doing – I want to say they were doing like the first half, winner gets into playoffs, and then the second half kind of decides the rest. So we were – I don't remember if we were in first or whatever it was, but we were in a playoff race that whole first half of the season. Um ended up moving down – the slots a little bit, don't get into playoffs. And then uh, I got called up with like – I want to say like 40 games left in the season, so I got called up to high A. Um, I didn't see a huge difference play-wise from low A to high A, but from uh, rookie ball to low A was huge. Because in rookie ball and advanced rookie, you have all like the super young Latin guys and – a lot of guys that are kind of like flyers, right? Like flyer draft picks and flyer free agent signs of just like, eh, we're going to throw this dart at the wall and see if it sticks, Kind of guys. Um, so you'll have like some 18-year-old kid from Venezuela who has played baseball for four years, but he's 6'5 and throws 102. And, like, he doesn't really know where it's going. But, like, by God, he throws hard. So, like, that's the stuff that you'll see in rookie and advanced rookie ball. And then once you start getting into low A, high A, like, it's a lot more. Like, it's just a more polished game. Um, And, like, the best way that I can describe it from an example would be, like, one of my first games in Orem. Uh, We had a guy, I won't say his name because it's – a bad thing what he did but like we got it but we got a guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we got a guy not american guy so like he gets a little pass but like <clears throat> we're playing and it's kind of like a dead ball in the infield like runner takes off the first base it was like a chopper that kind of floated in no man's land like slow roller to third misses it, single technically not a dead ball but like play stops so because umpire never blew the game dead buddy just threw the ball in the dugout runner gets second like weird little things like that that are just kind of like brain farts just because like the game's not cleaned up like things like that would happen all the time in rookie ball
0: and where like on the owning a facility now and like Mm -hmm. working with little kids and almost (laughs) showcase day and age that we've turned the game into where it's like hey you're gonna hit 110 you're going to throw a hundred. That's what's going to get you there, right? Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of guys forget calling time as part of the game, right? Like the, the little things that I always say, you can't teach those things. Now it's the old dog, new tricks, right? Like, what are you going to do? Yell at that guy. He doesn't even, he might not even know that it's wrong. Right. And like yelling at him. Now he's more pissed and about to perform worse. Because he yeah. doesn't even
1: know the rules, right? Well, so- we had. Did you meet Dave Stapleton? Oh yeah, and Dave so Stapes was our manager, so oh, you can imagine how well God, he took so that. Dave- <laughs> no, fired
0: out the dugout at him. Oh no! Uh,
1: so I love Stapes because I'm a college guy. But oh, and I do. So, dude, he uh, even I- Stapes gave it to me though. God. I got it a couple times. We had an umpire like rough. So the umpires like people don't understand this. either. like the umpires at lower levels suck. Because they're doing the same thing that we're doing, like they're trying to make their bones, they're trying to work their way up. They get graded the same way that we get graded. So, you got rookie ball and advanced rookie ball umpires that are just kind of not very good at being an umpire.
0: <laughs> they're and, working on it, man. They're yeah, working on like, it.
1: <laughs> this guy missed like three or four calls in a row. So, me and my buddy are saying, well, "Hey, bench. and
0: so for the for the people at home again, right? Like the rookie ball catchers." catching an outlier breaking ball, which we throw, I had to touch on this. We threw it yeah. 80% of the time, I believe, in one of those years, or 79% of the time in one of the years, right? Like catching yeah. that can be difficult. And back to what you were just saying, I'll let you roll with it, that it's tough for an umpire to see it sometimes and and know to call it a strike.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had I had a, a Dominican buddy in the bullpen. Anytime I would go, you go, Smeedy, what'd you throw? I was like, sliders. He goes, a lighter. A lighter, a lighter. (laughs) But yeah, like, we're sitting on the bench, and and this dude misses a bunch of calls, and I said something smart. Like, not super loud, but loud enough that, like, our boys could hear it, and it was funny. Like, I was like, oh, that's a good one. And Stapes looks over and goes, shut your mouth! I was like, oh my god. (laughs) Just because, like, he's, yeah, like, he's Stapes, he is a presence, but... I like where he is being in the lower levels like that is I think phenomenal because he's the guy that like guys like that are kind of like the backbones of organizations. Like you need dudes like that stepping in, teaching the young guys, the high school draft picks, your, your foreign guys kind of the ropes and how to play the game and how to treat the game with respect stuff like that.
0: Yeah. He, um, you know, and I, I probably took it the wrong way a little personally come in and I'm, out of place, never played professional baseball. I was a pretty shitty college baseball player for <laughs> that, right? So like I get there and like Buddy and Dave yeah. and Wirtz and like all these guys are, you know, they're they're big leaguers, man. Like, so you walk in oh man, like I'm mm-hmm. my locker is next to Tim Norton. Like this dude, you know, played with Mickey Kelly. Like, you're just you yeah. can't make it up, right? Like, I am out of place <laughs> to a million percent. And so I get to my locker, and I'm already feeling this way on day one. There's a spring training game going on at the the real stadium, so we're gonna go mm. over and watch watch the game after. And I'm just like, "All right, man. Oh my god! Like this is an oh wow moment for me. It's my first day. I haven't seen my professional name on a locker yet. Yeah. I kind of I like open my eyes real big, and I'm like, "Man, this is this is my stuff." <laughs> I like, you know, I grab my hat, and I. I kind of put it on my head and I'm like, wow, man, like this is this is my hat. And all of a sudden I feel this hand on my shoulder and it's stape and he's he's around me. I haven't I haven't really met him yet. He goes, Dave Stapleton. You're not gonna wear that hat outside of this complex. Do you understand me? And I said, This is not your ticket to a free meal. This is not to get you things in the community. You represent this while you're here and that's it. And I was like, Yes, sir. I was just I was just trying that I'm just I was just trying my hat on and he's like, I just want you to understand you're gonna put it back in your locker and you're gonna and you're gonna you're gonna leave. And I was just like And he kind of like smirked and walked away almost like, Hey, I'm just kind of messing with you. But at the same time, like like, also
1: don't do that. dude. Like
0: I'm I'm tucking my shirt back in right now and tightening my belt up. I'm sorry for being out of place. He, he made you feel like, wow. Like he goes, we're perfect. I think one of the line was we're professionals here and then walked away with the smirk. And I was like, oh my God, like he, he can yeah. smell how out of place I am. And he, <laughs> it is a, almost like a, a teachable moment where like, yep. once again, I'm, I'm a coach and he took it as a, a chance to help me, I think, be
1: better. Yeah. And I was, I wasn't going to wear the hat. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's definitely coarse, but in the best of ways.
0: Yeah. It really, um you know, it really, going back to now that the the next two weeks, three weeks that I was there, I I looked over and felt felt comfort in when he was speaking to me about stuff. I feel like there was such a high level of respect just coming from his direction all the time. And as new guys, I was new. Andy was new Shatsley, who was going to be a manager that year, Bo Martino, who was another love Andy. And yeah, Shats was, he was unbelievable guy. And, you know, Dave really sniffed it out and really, I think went above and beyond to to make us feel welcome. So as you know, organization wise, mm-hmm. I I thought he was a uh, you know a top top member of of the guys there. Him and Mike Lacasa I can't like can't write mm-hmm. home enough about. So um we get sent home in twenty twenty um you know everybody kind of comes to a grinding halt. We're doing fake zoom meetings and all sorts <laughs> of checking in with you guys to make sure that uh, everybody's mental health is okay. But um, we get furloughed, you have no season and uh, there's kind of a big halt in communication. Why don't you, uh, you walk mm-hmm. me through kind of um from a minor leaguer side of things like what, what happens there and just being a regular dude who's uh, you know, in, in an unknown there.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of said it the best that it could be said. It, it was just unknown. Like, we as athletes are so used to living our lives so regimented, right? Like, during the season, it's you go to bed late because you're getting home from a road trip or because your home game didn't end until 10, 30, 11 o'clock. You're not getting home until midnight, 1 o'clock. So, like, you go from, all right, this whole summer, I know that I'm going to be getting up at, like, 10, 10, 30, eating shower clean up go to the field you're at the field for the next what 10 12 hours and then go home and kind of restart the cycle and like we're regimented right like we know exactly what we're doing every day of the week we don't know the days of the week but we know tomorrow we have a game tomorrow we leave for a bus trip tomorrow whatever it may be we know what we're doing ahead of time and then all of a sudden they're like hey Your next eight months is kind of up in the air. You're not playing baseball, but that eight months that you were supposed to know what you're doing, sorry about it. So it was definitely hard because going from one extreme to the other where we knew nothing, like, it was hard. And not only hard in the sense of, like, you don't really know what you're doing, but hard in the sense of also, like, mentally your whole life just got put in a blender, right? Because you're like, are we going to play baseball like, is this going to be the reason I get released? Like, is this, did I just- That's probably, that's probably the first like, place,
0: the first place your head goes to, right? Cause I know for yeah, me, like, well, like, I'm, you know, I'm a brand, I'm a brand new guy here. I have no friends, I, didn't make an impact in, in the three weeks I should have, could have. Uh, sure. well, I'm not, I am totally unvaluable when it comes to <laughs> however they're going to start trimming fat. Right. Like I, I know where my head took me right away. And like, I'm sure yeah. even, even, you know, those top, you know, first round or second round guys with lots of money and i still even probably like, Hey, like what's, what about me? Like this, this is going to yeah. be the end
1: of me. Like I was fairly comfortable not comfortable I guess but I was fairly confident that if if we were to start back up I would be there. So I I didn't necessarily take that route. Immediately my first reaction was like well, when do we start back up? Like are we going to have any season because if you remember like it started with oh we're shutting down for 2 weeks.
0: Yeah, we, all right, we have so to we're- we got to deep clean the clubhouse for 2 yeah. weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so yep. we're- leave we're- all your stuff in your lockers. It'll be here when you get back.
1: <laughs> yeah, so So we're, we're in Arizona for two weeks and nothing. So like, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go golf. (laughs) So I I golfed my butt off for two weeks. And then they're like, Oh yeah. Like, sorry about that. That two weeks is actually going to be a month now. So everybody's going to go home if they want. I was like, well, my cousin lived in in Mesa at the time or yeah, Mesa at the time. So I was only like 15 minutes away from the field. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to hang out with him for the next month. So like three and a half, four weeks go by. They're like, Hey, yeah. Remember how we said two weeks and then a month, like it's actually going to be the first half of the season is going to be cut. So like, you're really going home. So I was like, I'm out. So I dipped, I went, I called my dad. I was like, Hey, can you get me a flight down to Florida? Cause my parents are divorced. My mom lives up in Pittsburgh. My dad lives in Clearwater with my stepmom. So I was like, Hey, I'm in Florida. <laughs> I'm going south like what are the odds I I called him up in the middle of the night I was like what are the odds you can get me a ticket to Florida for tomorrow he's like they're cheap like I will why I was like I'm sick of being in Arizona I was like I need out I just need somewhere where like I'm unbelievably comfortable so I went down to Florida for like two months and down in Florida I had like my weighted balls, my Jaeger bands and stuff like that. But like, I didn't really know anybody. And at this point in my head, I thought the season was washed. So I didn't think we were playing, even though they hadn't officially announced it yet. So in my head, I was like, I'm not really going to throw. I'm just going to do weighted balls and keep my arm in shape that way. Um, So I built my own little weighted ball wall. um, And yeah, I did that for like a month and a half, two months, and then went back up to Pittsburgh. And I got a buddy who owns a baseball facility down in Pittsburgh. And is
0: that uh is that uh, Jeske and Chase Rowe?
1: No, it's uh Max McDowell. So okay. he was with the Yankees and AAA for a couple of years and then just got I don't know if he got traded or I don't know how his whole situation worked, but was he was he's he with local, the Phillies now? Local
0: Pittsburgh guy?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to so I went to Penn Trafford, he went to Norwin, so it was the next school over. Cool, cool we um, have so, a uh,
0: a kid who remote trains with us um who goes to central catholic he's a senior oh at okay the big, big school central catholic oh uh, yeah. just committed to navy to play football so oh, he's
1: sweet
0: yeah very very cool his parents are real proud of him and he uh they're making him graduate early and he's got to go to 18 months of um <laughs> on ramping for it to get school ready mm-hmm. and body ready because uh he's gonna play some offensive line and they they need him to get a little bit bigger he's only
1: two six oh years. really
0: yeah they said they said hey pack your stuff and get your grades in order cuz you're you're coming down here soon. So um so yeah so you uh you hit up Max and came back to Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, I I hit him up and he's a catcher so it just kind of worked out perfectly and just kind of did that the whole rest of the off season and I was like honestly like I'm going to take I'm going to give my arm a break that it hasn't had in 15 years. So <laughs> I shut it down early um and yeah, I just, I don't know. I i knew the season was a wash, so I threw for a couple months. And then come, I don't know, like late July, I was like, mom hasn't had a break in 15 years. Like, treat yourself. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. You're not going to do anything with it right now. Yeah, so, like, I was just lifting, working out, and working. So, nothing really past that.
0: that's that's huge so like um take me through uh getting called back from the angels what goes on there and i know that you uh you made a transition into some some different baseball here in the uh the last year or so so let's uh we'll round our conversation out with uh what's the last you know the last little baseball look like for us and uh what can we expect from tyler smith going forward
1: (laughs) so yeah uh, we get the call back we're we're gonna actually go back to sporting again so, uh, I had done to spring training early because like I said, my cousin lives down there. So I was like, I'm going to actually take advantage of family being down there and I'm going to go down. I went down like two weeks early. Um, just to... this is
0: for, this is for 2021, right? You're there. Then. This is
1: for the 21 season. Yeah. Yep. So <clears throat> went down to spring training early, got all my stuff, all my, all my affairs in order down there. And then spring training comes a pretty good spring training. Uh, not a ton of, like, statistical really good spring training. Like, I didn't give up any runs or anything like that. But just all in all, like, everything felt super good. Everything was kind of clicking. I was happy with how it was all going. Um, So, I kind of got – I don't know. I, I wasn't happy with going to high A. So, in 2019, it started the season in low A in Burlington and then got called up to the Inland Empire 66ers. So, I got called up to high A um i did pretty well in high a and then like i said had a really good spring training in 21 um so with all the releases and like you said like the trimming of the fat that happened with the covid stuff i was pretty confident i was going to break camp and go to double a so that doesn't happen i go to our new affiliate new affiliate the tri-city dust devils um and that's when i met chats like that whole crew was like they made the grind of minor league baseball fun which is hard to hard to do like you're always going to have fun playing with the boys and and hanging out and stuff like that but like to make going on the road and not making any money and grinding in this in this like world where you're always looking behind you and in front of you, what everybody else is doing. Like they, they made it so, so, so enjoyable. Um, so I go to high A break camp there <clears throat> played like 90% of the season there. Um, and to that point I had been doing pretty good. Like I thought everybody knows when the release monster is coming for the most part. So like guys start getting let go, let go, let go, and the numbers start dwindling down after the draft, right? Like two weeks after the draft, everybody knows like it's here. <clears throat> so now,
0: if if you can if you can give me it before we get to the next part, um, is that like a, is that a note in your locker? Is that a hey, see me before you leave? Is that how does how does that get get delivered to those guys?
1: So I don't know how it was for everybody else. Shats and I formed a really really good relationship throughout the season um and like to this day i think not i think i know he's he's one of my favorite people i've ever met in baseball um and Shat shot me a text one day and just said hey can you come meet me in the office around 12 i was like that is not a good sign
0: <laughs> andy doesn't talk to me like that <laughs>
1: I was like, that is just not a good thing. So I get in there, and it's uh, him and our pitching coach. And who was, was like, who was
0: there with you that year?
1: Dougie, Doug. Uh, oh God, what's Doug's last name? Um, <clears throat> oh, it's gonna hurt me. Uh, Doug was there. Doug. <laughs> so I I love that. Like me, Doug. And another kid on our team, Cole Dunsing, would like we were three something for golf. Like anytime that we have an off day, every Monday that season, like we were golfing. So I, I
0: follow Cole on social media stuff. I stayed pretty good in touch with him after after uh, we kind of all went our separate ways. He plays some pretty serious golf, it looks like you guys pretty good group.
1: Yeah. Very, very good group. So it was always a blast. Cole's another guy you should have on by like, cause he's part of the minor league PA that they have running now. Oh, absolutely. So dude. If you've he got might his, be oh, able to
0: should, I should, yeah, I'll hit him man. up
1: for sure. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I get into that office and it's, it's Shatz and Doug are sitting there and I look at him, I go, well, I know why I'm here. <laughs> oh, no. And I sat down and Shatz gave me the whole rundown. He's like, listen, like, we hate doing it, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I get it. Like, this is my fourth year in pro ball. Like, I I know how the system works. I was like, I'd be lying to you if I told you that I wasn't surprised because I really was. Um, But, like, I, I get it. It's a, not really your choice, but it's the decision that you have to now – Basically, go through with. Um, so, <clears throat> get released from there. He says, if you want, like, you can pack your bags up now. Be on your way if you want. Like, it's kind of up to you. I was like, well, if you guys don't mind, like, I'll pack all my stuff up now. But, like, do you mind if I come back when everybody else, like, when all the fellas get here and say my goodbyes, basically? And they're like, yeah, no, absolutely. So, I packed all my shit up and Threw it in my truck, and then uh, yeah, like two thirty, I went to the field and saw all the guys, and basically told everybody peace, (laughs) and I I scoot and boogied on out of there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a, I don't know, it's a conversation that nobody ever really expects to happen, but like at some point in your life. It has to end. And fortunately for me, like that wasn't the end of it. So <clears throat> I was released in August. I forget the exact date, but 10 days later I had a new home. So 10 days later I ended up going up to Winnipeg to play for the Winnipeg gold eyes and the American association. And when I tell you like, that's when I found that baseball was fun again, like something about indie ball where like you're not looking behind you you're not looking in front of you with the other guy like your only goal was to win and it was so much fun like so much fun so that's
0: the the the, the, the feeling of hey get to how you played when you were a kid again
1: honestly honestly god and and like that's why like I was always like the first guy. Like, oh, you want to go to Wild Things games? No, I'd rather go to a Buccos game because like Wild Things has a real baseball. Come on now. Yeah. Well, I was a part of it now, and like, there's I don't know, man. There's just something about playing only to win, only to win. You don't care about what that guy in Double AA A and Triple A is doing. You don't care what the young guys behind you are doing. like. Your only goal is what can I do today to win today because tomorrow is another game to get to championship.
0: Thank you for listening to Holding Down the Fort. This is Jimbo Fort reminding you to hold it down. Be on the lookout for our new merch. Anybody who has any questions for the show or for our guests on the show, please email us at holdingdownthefortpod at gmail.com. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube for all the latest updates and to hold it with us. Thank you again. We look forward to having you back for the next episode.